the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to Vatican Insider. I want to welcome my listeners to a really terrific edition of Vatican Insider because my interview this weekend is a friend of many years standing in Rome, and he's the new rector of the North American College, our seminary in Rome, and that's Monsignor Tom Powers. So we're going to talk a little bit about his life in Rome prior to being in the U.S. as a pastor and other work, then coming back here. He's been here about almost two months as we, as we speak today, and it's a time of the year when the new seminarians arrive at NAC, so we're going to talk about that in a minute, too. But anyway, Monsignor, welcome to Vatican Insider. Thank you, Joan. Great to be with you again, and great to see you again after many years. It's been a lot of years, and we'll have to work on another dinner party, and Absolutely. I'll have to give you some of my homemade limoncello, and, which I've done in the past, you know. Now, of course, you were named this spring to this position, and then you took it up actually in Rome on, on July 1st. Now, let's share a little bit of your background before you're returning to Rome, because this is not your first time. I think it's your third time. My third time in being Rome. sent to Rome. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I was first sent to Rome as a seminarian, of course, and I spent five years here at the North American College. Uh, the, my rectors were Cardinal uh, O'Brien for one year, and then Cardinal Dolan for four years. Great experience. I look back fondly on my years here at the college. And then in 2005, I was uh, asked to come back to serve in the Congregation for Bishops, and I lived here at the seminary for about seven and a half, seven years of that 10 years uh, at the college, serving as an adjunct spiritual director. So I've lived in this building many, many years of my life, uh, which is helpful as I take on this new role. It's a wonderful building. It's a wonderful place, uh, a very happy place and, and, a, and a great, wonderful place to live. So I'm grateful to be back. I'm grateful that I know this uh, building very well, and uh, it's a very exciting time for me. But where we're sitting is new because uh, there was a several-year building project, new classrooms and areas where one practices saying mass, so to speak. That's right. That's uh, right. All the different classes, your, your office and other offices. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And i got to say, that coming back now after seven years, I, was, I went back in 2015 after serving 10 years in the congregation. Uh, the North American College, the building, the grounds are in tip-top shape. It really looks beautiful. The grounds are beautiful, as you saw when you came in. Yeah. Uh, we have a new building that was put up in 2015. Towers, as you said, are used for classrooms. They're used for pastoral formation sessions, which are our Thursday night sessions teaching the young men how to serve as a priest in the United States in parishes. Uh, we have practice chapels. We have an actual chapel with the Blessed Sacrament where guys can pray. And, of yeah. course, at the bottom floor is uh, my office and uh, the new offices for evaluations and for our administrative staff. So that's new. Um, we also have a new gymnasium that was put in, and, um, and, and, and it's just a really a wonderful, wonderful plant. Well, I have to say that I was at the groundbreaking, and I was at the inauguration of the building when uh, Cardinal Parolin was here. So, why am I not surprised? I, I yeah, <laughs> well, if it has to do with the North American, exactly. I'm going to be there. You know, exactly. So, um, those are some of the changes, obviously, in these years. Uh, the the new buildings, the ample space, because there's quite a number of young men that that study here. What did you say it is now this year? We have 117 men in formation this year. From 50? 
56 dioceses represented in the United States oh. and, of course, Sydney, Australia. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a, from California to New York and, of course, Australia, so we have the whole country represented more or less. Yeah. No, it's very exciting times. And, and one of the things, of course, about your coming back is that it's only been this year, really, that NAC and a million other institutions kind of reopened after covid I mean, 2020 was a lockdown for everybody, everywhere, schools, you know, churches weren't locked, but you you couldn't have liturgy for months and stuff. And then 2021, things were kind of coming back. People were still looking at wearing masks. But I mean, wow, the end of 2021, we had um, the December 8th festivities this year resumed. Oh, Thanksgiving last fall and December 8th. And then finally, after several years, the rector's dinner. So, um, yes, for my, you to come back and not have to struggle with COVID is oh, a nice it's a great thing. gift, great gift. My understanding is this is the first year in really two years, at least, where uh, it we're back to normal in a sense. Uh, of course, as you said, they had lived through COVID. Some of the seminarians went home, back to their dioceses. Oh, sure. They were Zooming, I believe, to have classes at the universities here in Rome. <clears> so, <throat> it was uh, not just here, as you said, around the world, very disruptive. Oh, yeah. So, now we are back to normal, and it's, it's really, I, again, I did not live through that here. But I hear the stories, yeah. and we are so grateful to be back, to be able to uh, just to visit St. Peter's. We went this morning, had oh, mass yeah. at St. Peter's tomb, and no oh. drama. You just go in, and we have the mass, and we're all there in the pews. So, again, I'm grateful that I did not have to go through that. Yes. Well, I, I remember you know, you're reading about only COVID for 12 months of, mm. of, of a year, I think. And <clears throat> but Americans would feel so badly about this, that, and the other thing. And I said, wait. You had, did not live through COVID in Italy because we were That's decimated, right. the That's northern right. part of Italy. That's right. And, I mean, we had to go out with a document, a government document on 8 by 11 Ever. paper. Ever. Yes. The top part had your name and address and email and phone. And then you were allowed to only go to four places. You had to have a mask. You had to have vinyl gloves on. And um, the vinyl gloves was okay. It was winter. But... Um, you had if you didn't have that paper on you and some police stopped you and you were not going to the grocery store pharmacy bank or doctor um, you were in trouble. That's right. I heard that. So yes. it was really, really tough severe. time. Tough time. And I, and I did hear also that here at the college, and not just here, but again other institutions and around uh, Italy, there was great resiliency and great spirit, and people were were charitable to yeah. each other and positive and made the best of it, made the most of it, and helped each other, which is really beautiful, right? When, when hard times come, oh yeah, charity arises and people it brings out the best in people. Well, it's probably like your mother told you and mine told me, this too will pass. That's right. <laughs> yes, thank God it has. <laughs> Which we're trying to make pass with the heat now that we're, that we're undergoing. Yes. But um, let me go back for a minute to your being named a rector. How did you find that out and, you know, your reaction? Yes, I got a phone call on March 21st, I believe it was, uh, by Bishop Dealey, who's the head of the chairman of the Board of Governors for the North American College. And uh, he uh, had said that the, uh, the board was asking me and the congregation for clergy was asking me to, uh, to take on this role. So, of course, I, as, as when you ask big things, you pray about it and think about it. And he was great, gracious enough to give me some time to pray and sure. think. And I spoke to my mom and dad and, 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 uh, and spiritual director, and, and I really had no reason to say no. I've never said no to the church before, yeah. whatever she's asked of me. And uh, so my priesthood, thankfully, has been one of saying yes. And this is, as I've said before in other, other uh, venues, uh, this is the biggest yes of my life. And, sure. um, and it was a, a full yes, and it is a still a full yes. And so I'm diving in 100%. 
and doing the best I can and uh, trying to get up to speed. It's a big learning curve. Sure. Even I've lived in this building many years. I was a seminarian here and I was an adjunct spiritual director. Sitting at this desk as rector is a big, different role, much different role. And well, so you led into my next question because, I mean, I'm sure most people, if you said to them, oh, he's, he's the rector of a college, university, of a seminary, they would just think, okay, head of the institution. But what are, what are a rector's specific duties? Good question. I mean, the rector really is in charge of the formation of the men under his care. He is in charge of, obviously, development and fundraising and making sure the, the, the building itself is taken care of, obviously. So those are the, the, the important things. For me, the most important thing is, as I would think for any rector, is to be a spiritual father to the seminarians, to the men in formation, to create an atmosphere of mutual respect and trust, and to um, to work with the faculty as brothers to really form these men with the heart of Jesus Christ. That is the number one. There's a lot of aspects to this job. Some I'm, sure. I'm learning on the job. Sure. <laughs> I'm learning every day something new about the job and the position. However, the most important thing is to be a spiritual father to these men and to form them with the heart of Christ. And if you love your priesthood, that's going to be perceived by not only the young seminarians, but by anybody else who works here. I mean, they're going to know that from the chefs, and I understand the brand new beautiful kitchen. Yes. Um, yes, to those of us who know all of you and know the visitors. That's something, the love for the priesthood transmits itself. It, it does. really, it does. really does. And there's something about this place, you know it very well, um, and you know I have many visitors that come to Rome and bring them into the building, and they can they tell me there's, there's a sense of joy here, there's a real energy, there's a life here, and mm-hmm. that comes from the seminarians, but it's also the personality, those who work here, who have worked here for many years, some of them, uh, our staff, our faculty, so there is a great positive right. uh, spirit in this building, which is very helpful, and that alone helps the seminarians to see the joy of serving the church sure. and, and serving God. And so that I hope to bring what I learned in my 19 months as a pastor before coming here, I was pastor only 19 months, oh. and I loved it. It was a wonderful parish, and I still uh, miss the people, miss the parish. But in a sense, I'm a father here, but I'm also, in a sense, a pastor. And sure. so the people here are under my care, and I need to really pray and sacrifice and fast for them and, and be a good, good, good pastor for them as well. Well, you know, I love the moments that we get, those of us who love the college and try to come, you know, as often as we can. I love the moments when, for example, on Wednesdays when you have guests at lunch, mm-hmm. just to be to sit with you know four or five of the seminarians and where are you from? Tell me about your diocese, um, and tell me about your vocation. The vocation stories are absolutely wonderful. Absolutely, I had a dinner one night with one, two, three, four, five of the seminarians. Oh, it was in 2014, and it was at the rector's dinner, and these were all involved in the music. And so um, <clears throat> I had posted a video which got like three million hits mm-hmm. of the entertainment. <laughs> and, um, and so anyway, the five of us had dinner at my house, six of us. And I went around the table and asked for their stories. I was just amazed, five entirely different and entirely beautiful stories. I mean, I'm not going to go into them today, but y- you've got to be hearing that and and be very uplifted. Absolutely. The stories are a mosaic of God's grace and God's action in the world. It's still He still calls men to the priesthood. Despite our society, uh, the din and, and all the noise and distractions, uh, that call is still getting through, and men are generously saying yes. Just yesterday, Joan, we sat. I sat with the new men. 28 new men are coming in this year, and uh, the faculty was there as well, and our orientation team from the second year. 
And I started off telling my story briefly about my vocation, my experience as a priest, uh, etc., how I got here and all that. And so I said, we're going to go around and just share our stories. Well, we had about an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, kind of slotted for this time for 28 guys to tell their story. We ended up sitting for three hours with no a break, surprise. and we didn't get through all of them. We're almost through, but not all of them. So it tells you, it told me a couple of things. First of all, the amazing action of God's mercy and grace in the world. Secondly, these men are very transparent and open. They want to be formed, and they want to tell their story. And how God has brought them here, as you said, is diverse, 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 and uh, and, and how, they, how they all come from different paths. And But it's, it was a very beautiful morning. We were all uplifted. The first year men themselves were so happy to hear each other's story, yeah. to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. I was happy as the rector, and of course the faculty and the, and the orientation team too were, we were all very, very moved. And we talked about it all day long, and even last night we had a rooftop dinner to welcome them all and welcome the faculty back. And uh, we were all talking about what a grace-filled morning it was to hear these just tremendous stories about God's grace in their lives. Well, even listening to the other stories becomes an affirmation for the person listening of yes. their own choice. Yes. They could have made it for a different reason, yes. but still um, you had 28 people reaffirming each other too. That's right, exactly. You know, and right. telling their story. Well, that's all the time we have this week with Monsignor Tom Powers, rector of the North American College. But I'm betting you took a few notes, as I did, of some of his powerful remarks, especially when he answered the call this past spring to become the rector at NAC. My priesthood has been one of saying yes to the church. So beautiful. Tune in next week for part two of our conversation, when he looks back a bit at his own years as a seminarian under two rectors, now cardinals, Edwin O'Brien and Timothy Dolan. And then he talks about his dreams, hopes, his vision for the seminary. He is honored by the church as one of the most learned bishops in church history. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Isidore of Seville came from a holy family. His three siblings are also saints. He succeeded his brother as Bishop of Seville in 600 and used diocesan councils to build a Christian culture in Spain. He is said to have known the sum total of all learning of his age. He died in 636 and was named a doctor in 1722. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. EWTN Global Catholic Network is the largest religious media network in the world. 11 global TV channels, English and Spanish radio networks with over 500 AM and FM radio affiliates, one of the largest Catholic websites in the world, dozens of podcasts every week, social media, electronic and print news services, and EWTN publishing. EWTN is the global Catholic network. For more about EWTN, visit EWTN.com. This is Steve Leaguers, president of Tri-State Catholic Radio, and I am a sinner. A sinner who needs God's grace and mercy, especially when I'm weak or disappointed in myself or have hurt others. Catholic Radio and its wonderful variety of programming reminds me that God loves me and uses radio as a medium to broadcast His love and encouragement into our world. Find a Catholic station in your area and tune in. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with the new rector of the Pontifical North American College, Monsignor Tom Powers. 
Well, it must be very interesting for you. We mentioned this before I started taping. Um, to be in the position now of welcoming the new ones, and you at one time were welcomed yourself by, you know, as this new vocation studying for the priesthood. Mm -hmm. So, but a few things have changed in the interim. I think society might be one of them. Absolutely. So I I had great models in my rectors, uh, Cardinal Brian, as I mentioned, Cardinal Dolan, uh, for four years, and they uh, just taught me so much as a seminarian. And now that I'm the rector, I look back and I'm grateful for their example because I can see already I'm drawing from their example when I was a seminarian. And oh, we sure. looked at our rectors with some awe and uh, just amazed at these tremendous men. So for me, it's, it's humbling to think, you know, how am I in the same role as a Cardinal O'Brien, a Cardinal Dolan? It, it, it is really uh, shocking to me. And so, uh, but, it's, it, but it's very exciting, very exciting as well. But I know I will use a lot of what I learned from them as a student in my role as rector. Oh, sure. I, th- I mean, I was a teacher of French for many, many years, and I think what helped me being a teacher was having been a student of French for that. <laughs> sure, right. I mean, because when I saw my students either act up or whispered at one another or exchange looks, I knew they were saying, what did Miss Lewis just say? I didn't get it. You remember doing that as a student. That's so right. the teacher, you see them chit-chatting and you go, well, maybe I'd like to review that point of grammar with you. So being on both sides of the desk um, definitely helps. That's right. It does. It does. Now, um, what are some of your, what will I say, your dreams, your hopes, your initiatives, ideas for the college as a whole, college life? Well, it's an exciting time for the church. As you know, the new program for priestly formation was just uh, published in June of this year, and it'll be promulgated, I think, in August 4th of 2023. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but the new program of priestly formation called the PPF, the sixth edition, has uh, different stages of of seminary formation, the propedeutic stage, discipleship stage, um, the uh, configuration stage, and the vocational synthesis stage. So those are all new terms, and there's kind of new uh, direction in how seminaries will will function and work and operate. Um, It's a beautiful document based on the Ratio Fundamentalis of 2016, which is another beautiful document. Oh, right. So it's exciting how the college will um, will uh, will put that into effect, and we have some creative ideas. We're already working as a faculty to look at the different ways we can incorporate these stages. Um, and I'll talk to the board, work with the board, work with the USCCB, of course. And uh, so it's a very exciting time for seminaries in general, but I think for Rome especially because we have such a great thing to offer here. First of all, being in the Eternal City, oh, sure. I think we can offer a lot with the new PPF. Well, that actually was my next question. The difference between being in a seminary, I mean, I'm from Chicago, so I'm familiar with Mundelein. Being in a seminary in Rome, how is that different for the young man not studying at Mundelein, but studying here? Again, every seminary is does the same work of forming men with the heart of sure. Jesus Christ. We know that, and they do a good job. Uh, Rome, though, being in the city, for, I mentioned, for example, this morning we got up very early, went down, had a, a, a picture with the rector and the new men, with the dome of St. Peter's behind us. Um, we walked, walked down to the tomb of St. Peter and had morning mass right by the tomb. So those are just things you can do because you're in Rome. Uh, and the guys had a tour of St. Peter's afterwards. They're going to have Scavi tours uh, later on next week. So those are some things that you just absorb uh, the tradition. You absorb the history. Yeah. We're living and, and studying right next to the Holy Father. Um, and so it's just a great opportunity to, to take in so many wonderful things. I told the guys the other evening in a homily, I said, this, what we get here is a great gift from God. It's meant to be absorbed, taken all you can, 
take advantage of the opportunities that you're going to have to serve the poor here, to work with the sisters, to pray at the tombs and the holy sites, uh, the places of the martyrs. And it's all meant to be brought back home and to share with your people. And so that's what we hear. We, we, we just absorb it as a great gift and gratitude. And then we go home and we share it with our people that we serve. And eventually, at some point, I don't think it's their first year, don't the young men have some kind of an apostolate, like being a guide for St. Peter's or other apostolates? Yeah, beginning in second year, every seminarian here has an apostolate, when we have an excellent apostolate program, um, run by Dave, Father David Hulshoff. And so they will work with the poor. They work with missionaries of charity. They will give tours of St. Peter's. They'll give Scavi tours. It's a, They'll teach at maybe a university, a Catholic university, Many, many different uh, varieties of service they'll do, work in the prison, Bambino Jesu Hospital. So the guys get a great opportunity to go out. And it's a bit humbling because sometimes it's in Italian and you have oh, to yeah. really <laughs> learn Italian and get to speed. But also you realize, as I did in my apostolate at the hospital, uh, my Italian was not so strong oh. years ago as a seminarian. But I learned a lesson. The lesson is that you don't have to be talking all the time when you're with people who are suffering, when people who are ill with families who are grieving, a lot of it's just being present. And so I learned a lot from my apostolates that I brought sure. home to me as a priest in the States. And the guys here, the same is true. They, they learn a great deal of, of uh, ministerial and pastoral skills. They pray about it together. They write about it. They talk about it in groups. And they process it and bring Christ in the middle of it. And they, and they bring that home again and with great, great uh, love to the people. Well, just think of the richness. I mean, in the beginning of their fourth year, they're ordained to the diaconate. Yes. You know, and then at the end of that fourth year in their home parish, I mean, in their home diocese, they're ordained to the priesthood. Yes. <clears throat> but what a richness all that background in Rome will have brought. And we'll be ordaining 24 men uh, September 29th. And Bishop oh. Austin Vetter will be ordaining them in St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, a very exciting time for the college. All the families come over. There's a family mass uh, the Saturday when they arrive, uh, uh, celebrated by me and the faculty. I've only missed a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bet you've been to very many <laughs> yeah. of them. If it's an act event, I'm there. And you know how beautiful that is, the, the music, the, the, uh, the beautiful presence of, of, uh, of, of St. Peter's and, and the families really leave here as my family did they came and were just uh, they'd never seen an ordination before and the families come they see their their son their brother their cousin uh on the ground making promises and and the families are really touched and moved by this well you know the the family's such an important role if you don't have parents and brothers and sisters um you've got to have families behind you that's right. That's uh, right. You've got to know that your mom and dad are behind you in this choice. And we're blessed, that, again, going through the vocation stories of the young men yesterday. It, it is so encouraging to hear how their families support them and they pray for them. And uh, like it was with my family and many families, uh, as a young man goes on in the seminary and then becomes ordained a deacon and a priest, <clears throat> in some ways he brings his family with him closer to the faith and closer to God oh, yeah. because they follow you and they love you as a family member. And uh, so it's an exciting time. And, and, and the they're part time, of a bigger family now, too. That's exactly the, right. Yeah. That's, so the, yeah, in the, a, you're family. right. In a sense, when a man says yes to God to become a priest, uh, in some ways our families are asked to say yes, too, right? They have to sure. give up their brother, give up their son in a, in a way that's unique. And see, society today doesn't understand sacrifice. Mm -hmm. They really don't. Why would a man, you know, give up family and children and right. maybe being rich and everything else? They, the, the society just doesn't understand that kind of a choice. And I guess part of your job as a priest is to help people understand, too. Okay, now we only have like a few minutes left, but tell everybody about 
the Casa Santa Maria, how that's linked to the uh, your postgraduate study program, and then the ongoing theological, the continuing theological education. Yes, thank you, Joan. So the, the Casa Santa Maria is on Humility Street yeah. in Rome. You've been there, too, and it's right near the Trevi Fountain. It's the original building of the North American College that right. was founded in 1859 when Pius IX was Pope. Um, and so that was the original site of the North American College. <clears throat> in 1953, this building was dedicated, the new building. Um, and so that building has become the graduate house of studies for the North American College. It's still part of the college. And that's a house where uh, bishops send priests who are already ordained to study advanced degrees. Sometimes guys spend four years here at the college, and they're ordained a priest back home, and right. they go down to the casa as priests. Some of the new priests stay here. Um, for their, their fifth year. For their yeah. fifth year. Yeah. It's their choice and their bishop's <clears throat> choice. Uh, but if a priest is being sent for the first time to Rome as a priest, he will go down to the Casa Santa Maria, and he'll live there right in the heart of Rome, right near yeah. the universities, oh and study down there. So that's a great institution, and that our superior there is uh, Father Jim Kahn, a Jesuit who has been uh, there for three years and okay. is doing a wonderful job yeah. of kind of being, the, again, their spiritual father of the place. And our Institute of uh, Continuing Theological Education is called ICTI, um, and ICTI is, uh, since the 1970s, Act of Vatican, Vatican II called for ongoing formation of priests. So we have an old convent here on the property, beautiful building. beautiful building, now called the Casa O'Toole. Wow, yes. Recently renovated. And um, so priests will come in the fall for three modules. They can stay for all three modules or two modules or just one module. So one month, two months, or, th or three months. And uh, they come and they get great courses in Mariology and Canon Law, Church History. And the second uh, semester is also a, a sabbatical program, a little longer. And they go to pilgrimages, to ours, to... This year they went to Omarabagao for the Passion yeah. Play to go to. So it's a wonderful, wonderful program. So we have, again, the, the North American College has the seminary, as we talked yeah. about mostly, the Casa Santa Maria, and the ICTI program, and we're proud of all three of them. And I think we're going to see growth in, in all three. Uh, wonderful. We're really excited about the future of this place, and I'm excited and honored to be here. And uh, just ask you your prayers and the prayers of those listening to uh, uh, for their support and their, and their prayers for us. Well, I, I'm honored to be here, too, and... And we've been talking, I should have said this a little bit earlier as well, with Monsignor Tom Powers, the new rector at the Pontifical North American College in Rome. And so our friendship gets to go to a new level. Now I'm excited about that. I'm excited about meeting a lot of the young men, being part of their life in any way that a, a lay person can, you know, be be the home, the aunt away from home or something like that. Thank so you. Thank you so much. As, as my mom used to sign her letters and emails. She started emailing at the age of 84, so there's hopes for all seniors. Anyway, she used to sign them, God sit on your shoulders. So may God sit on your shoulder and the shoulders of your, of your new young men here. Thank you, Joan. Great to be with you, and I look forward to the limoncello. Yes, okay. you got that. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.